Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. Everybody say amen. amen. I remember when I was a little boy, Jesus, growing up in Louisiana. And I could remember when I knew there was something different happening. I remember when I knew that I knew that God was making himself known to me. I didn't quite understand it, but he was revealing himself to me in my thoughts, in the little boy's prayers, in my life as I was seeing people and experiencing emotions. And I didn't understand that it was the light of God that was shining upon my life and revealing himself to me, and I'm so grateful. And I know I'm not the only one. And maybe you're here right now, and and it could be that you're a little boy or a little girl. Maybe you are a big boy or a big girl. Maybe you're here and you're going through an experience where God is shining his light, and it's unmistakable. It's great to see you, Lisa. And so it's just so good when we know that God and his faithfulness, that he will make himself known. And what he wants more than anything is for us to come out of the dark place and into the light. Because in the light, the things that we struggle with becomes exposed. And the truth of God gives us an opportunity to move from here to there. And the things that we used to struggle with, we don't have to struggle. It's a journey, but we begin to understand that God is there and we are not alone. Amen? Amen. I just had to breathe after, <laughs> after she sang that song. Um, so we're going to get to where we're going. I'm going to do something a little bit different today um, before I enter into the, the text. We can't talk about doing one thing and then don't do it. If we're going to be some people who say we're going to pray, then we're going to pray. Amen. And as one of the pastors here, it's not a mandate for anyone. It's a spiritual discipline that we can enter into. And I remember the sermon. I remember said, man, I believe God is doing something in this place. And after some prayer with Pastor John, we're going to um, embark upon a unity prayer walk. And the reason why it is a unity prayer walk, because before we can go and do a community prayer walk, we got to deal with our own stuff. And so we are going to encompass this church edifice, this brick and this martyr, not because of these walls coming down, but we know there are walls of separation that divides us as a people. And we're going to pray intentionally about it. Amen? Amen. So I want to invite you to understand more about what uh, we have here called the Jericho Unity Prayer Walk. 
And if, if you know me by now, you know I like to do alliterations. And so if you just work with me, that's all I'm asking. A little grace. Uh, there's a lot of different places we could have landed. But first of all, know this, that in Joshua 6, the children of Israel and Joshua was instructed. It said to walk around Jericho six days. And on the seventh day, walk around seven times and then shout. And so we're going to follow the model, not because there's something in the model. It's just being obedient to what God is putting on our hearts. Amen. And so the Jericho unity prayer wall has to do with these Jericho principles. We're going to pray and we're going to use jealousy as the J because of envy and covet and comparisons and resentment. That happens within, within, within relationships, within people. They happen in community, but they happen in the church. And so we're going to be intentional and we're going to see God, that God might be able to step in as he hears our prayers, that we're going to go before him and say, God, please, you do your thing. We're going to offer it up to you. So the first day, I'll get to it. Then we're going to do evil spirits, suicidal thoughts, mental illness, anxiety, depression, all those things. We're going to take it before the Lord because this is a real struggle. Then we're going to go in the R, we're going to do racism, any ism, anything that separates relationships, anything. We're going to say, God, you know already. And so we're going to offer our hearts up to you. We're going to pray for injustices that happen, the discrimination, the bigotry, those things that stand in the way that separates the unfair treatment, the inequities within our, our walls. We're going to pray for contention. There's strife, there's anger, there's violence, there's all these things. And we're going to be intentional about it. We're going to pray for the homelessness in this community. If we can be honest, there's folks who come in here right now. They're homeless too. They're people who are looking for a place. And we're going to pray and seek God and put them before him. And certainly all of the oppressiveness that's within our walls. So we're going to pray about that. And here's how we're going to do it. Starting tomorrow at 545. If we're going to talk about it, we're going to be about it. Amen. So at 545, it won't take long just one loop around the outskirts of this building as we're going to go out this way and we're going to go around the building and come back, go make a loop. Even if it don't work for 545, but God puts it on your heart that you want to come and in silence, intercede and pray in silence. At any time, you can come and join us. It doesn't have to be 545. But we're going to pray Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. On Saturday, it's going to be at 9.45. One loop. Silence. That's going to make six. And on the seventh day, which is going to be Sunday, here's what we're going to do. At 8.45, remember, it's one service, 10 a.m. So it's at 9 and 11 coming together at 8.45 for those who want to show up. We're just going to do six loops because the seventh day, you'll watch around seven times. We're going to do six loops in silence, and then we're going to stop, and then we come together as a church. The final seventh loop will be at the end of the service in silence with shofars blowing. We're going to walk around the building, and we're going to land in the parking lot after one loop, and we're going to shout. Trust in God to already start to dismantle the walls that separate us. Even in the now and not the not yet, God is still moving. He doesn't have to wait for the shout. God just wants to know if our heart posture is that we're going to shout. Can I get an amen?
So I wanted to bring this before you because it's important. And I know you've heard about it. Don't feel an obligation. Pray about it. And if God says show up, show up in your own time. Follow him. Amen. Amen. So what do I want to talk about today? Well, here it is. And I hope this helps somebody. What? Jesus. What would it be like if as the people of God, we truly went all in? What would our relationships look like if mm, we just didn't hear the person talking to us, but we listened? What would our jobs be like if we really went all in, not just thankful to have one, not just, you know, making sure that you get it, but you go all in? What would it look like if you went all in in the therapy session? You went all in in the counseling session. What, what would it look like if, if um, your, your son or your daughter who is, lives a ways away, you've been calling, checking on, what would it look like if you like go all in because God put it on your heart to drive or to fly and go see him so you can see for yourself and go all in to that situation? What would it look like if as a church we don't just be a lighthouse but we go all in to the community? We, we engage and we be present as the people of God that's called to be light. You know, you can show up at the place you ought to be and uh, be quiet and be on the outskirts and be there but not be all in. You can show up but not be all in. And my Bible tells me that a light that is a city on a hill can't be hid. A light is meant to be on a lampstand, not to be under a bushel or be quiet. As light, when we show up, darkness got to flee. What would it look like as a person if you go all into that devotion? Not just pull the Bible out, but, but, but like work and push through and go all in. You know, I, if I'm going to step into something, if I really step in it, I got to be present with everything that I got. If I'm going to get in the water, I can stick my toe in it. But if I'm going to get in it, I got to jump in the water. If nothing else today, what would it look like as, as the chosen people of God to be light in dark places? That on our job, we are all in in that place, shining our light. We may not be talking about it. We may not be knowing that we got it all together, but somebody's seeing our light. Because light is attractive. People are drawn to the light. And when they're in the light, they understand there's a safe place to be. People are tired of being in darkness. So we're called to go all in and be the light of the world. What would it look like? And I'm going to stop, but somebody might need to hear. That, that we begin to walk in authority. In the light that God has called us to be. That, that you know, here, let me go to this one. Oh, no, oh, I really like this one. Let me, let me work with this. When we go all in, come on, I said it last week. We, hey, up or down, we rolling with him. Up or down, I'm in it. Whether it looks good or not, whether I'm high or whether I'm down, whether I'm full or whether I'm hungry, I'm all in. Up or down. Whatever it takes. And just because we're here, can't stop? Can't stop? Can't stop? All in. We go all in. That means everything we got is our mind, is our hearts, is our habits, is our hands. 
And I, you know, I know you probably say, but Pastor Brown, we talk about this all the time because when we come to this place, I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. So there's a sense of urgency. If we're going to go all in right here, right here, because now is the time. Now is the time. Who knows? Your light may be just what is needed for someone who's been in darkness, sitting in darkness a long time, blinded by ignorance and don't know. But your life, the way you live, changes everything. How do I know? Because it happened to me. I'm like, Eric Lee, I want some of that. So... um, when we're all in, we can walk in authority, and authority is the power of God. Sometimes we don't understand the power that comes. By the way, when we walk in authority, the authority has been conferred by someone who has authority and has given it to us. That's what God has done. He said it. I didn't say it. He said we're the light of the world. He said we are sitting on a hill and can't be here. He said that we can't be quiet in the midst of some injustice. He said that we got to be light in dark places. And when we walk in authority, we, you know, we can't sneak up on oppression. We can't sneak up on it. He said we got to walk. It's a continuous, ongoing walk. There's, there's a pace and a confidence that we have when we know who we are, that we can go all in. It may not work out in our favor. It may not be the thing that we know to do. We're uncomfortable, but we know that God said go. And we go because it's an ongoing walk. We don't take a step and be like, I walked. Walking in authority is living in authority. Walking is a metaphor for how we live. So I thought I might ask, what's your walk like this morning? How are you walking? Are you walking in authority? Are you walking by design? Part of it, too, is it's a dependency in the walk, meaning you've got to be able to put all your weight on it. You've got to be able to walk and transfer and depend that that what God said, he's going to do it. Maybe the reason why you haven't gone all in is because it's uncomfortable. You can't see the end. You can't see the bottom. That's why you haven't gotten in the pool yet. So if nothing else, can you go all in? And it's like, Pastor, look, I've been trying to go all in, but, you know, I've been having some issues and my, my finances are not working out. My, oh, Jesus, my significant other walked out the door and I'm heartbroken. And I'm saying that might be the case in this heart. I'm saying sometimes we got to go all in got to fall down on our knees, fall down on our face and say, God, I've been putting all of my confidence in the wrong thing, in the wrong person. Now it's time to put all my confidence, God, in you. I don't know what tomorrow going to hold, but I got confidence that if I seek ye first, that all my needs are going to be added unto me. It's a progressive walk. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. It's one step at a time. You can take one step with authority. Be like, hey, where you at, God? If you remember Jordan, if you remember Joshua, when he was going to cross the Jordan River in Joshua 3, he was instructed to step in the water and stop. Take a step in the water, step into it, and stop. God said he's going to recede. The water's going to recede. He's going to take it where it needs to go. He's going to remove the fears. But we got to step into it with authority. Somebody needs to take one step 
Call the therapist. Go and see your mother or your brother. Forgive and ask God to figure out how the rest is going to come out. Let some of the stuff go that you've been carrying around. One step. The problem is sometimes we're too busy thinking about the things we should forget and forgetting the things we ought to remember. So, authority. It is the power to make decisions. He's given us that. He's conferred that. He's given us the right to do something. Shine your light. Don't apologize for who you are. If you have a light that shines brightly, God be praised. Shine. They don't have a problem with you. They got a problem with God. He's the one that said. Now, here's what he says. He said, look, you have dominion that has been derived from a higher power, a higher authority. Spiritual authority is our God-given right to utilize the power that has been given by the Holy Spirit. And somebody needs to hear this. The only way we overcome the demonic forces in the world is by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit overcomes the flesh. It's a constant warring that's going on. It's going on right now. And the problem sometimes is why we continue to struggle is because we don't go all in. That we stay in the middle, that as long as it's comfortable, I'm going to go down that road. But God says up or down, whatever it takes. Give me your heart. Say, look, shine with authority. Remember where we started. I'm going to get through these slides today. Remember where we started, Pastor John and I? It says, Matthew 5. It says, look, let your light so shine, right? It says that you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. He said, you don't light a lamp and put it on a lampstand. Then he said this. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Your good deeds, your work, your motives, how you, your mannerisms, how you look at people, how you deal with disappointment, how you show up to church with expectation, because God, I'm all in. I need a word right now. So shine. That's what he created you to do. Shine brightly. Like, how do you shine? Do the work. Fix your heart posture. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. All right. What are we going to do? We're not going to go backwards. I can tell you that. We can't keep doing the same things we've been doing. There's a new way. We're no longer doing things the old way. In Ephesians, in our text, Paul was saying to the church at Ephesus, he's like, you are not what you used to be. He said, your, your minds, they used to be full of darkness. Your hearts, they used to be hardened. Your ways used to go after pleasure and all the stuff that would gratify your flesh. He said, and the reason why you keep struggling is because you got a hard head. Your thoughts, you keep thinking and trying to figure God out when you have to just go all in. You have to give him your thoughts and give him his thoughts are above your thoughts. His ways are above your way. So you got to have, be able to, it starts with what you think, not such a hard head. 
He's telling them, he said, because if you keep having a hard head, it's going to lead to a hard heart. That's why scripture for the month, that if we're not careful, that our hearts are hardened because we get so disappointed that we keep doing the same things over and over and over again. Even though the Holy Spirit is saying, don't go there. Don't pick up the phone. Don't go to the same place. Stop telling him yes. Stop picking up the screen and turning it on. The whole time, you know the truth, but you got a hard head. And because the flesh is battling the spirit, you get disappointed and frustrated, and now your heart begins to harden, and you don't think you're going to win. And that's a lie straight from the devil. You are light, the light of the world. God says, I've got you up or down. All you got to do is turn. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn. Right here? Turn. It's a lie. You win. Greater is he that is in you than is he that is in the world. Please know, these, a hard head and a hard heart leads to hardship. Adversity. Pain. Stuff. Feeling about ourselves. Inadequacies. Because we are not worthy. Jesus justifies us. He makes us righteous. The Holy Spirit has been sent to give us victory. But we can't just dibble dab and go all in. Seek it out. Okay, so that's the old way. When we have a hard head, it leads to ignorance because we're blinded to the truth. When we have a hard heart, it leads to indifference because it just don't matter. It's not that important. People perish for a lack of knowledge, and we're just going down the road to the slaughter. When we have hardship, it's because we go after lustful pleasures and become infidels. He says, you're an adulterer. God says, I love you so much, I gave you everything, my very best, and I covenant with you, and you went after other gods. And what stands in the way often, and I'm going to get to, is Greed. This insatiable appetite to want more than what we have. Greed. So when somebody asks you uh, of a spiritual principle, it's hard to do it because we've been going after other things, and I'm just going to deal with it. All right, greed. Caution. Here's what the writer says in Dr. Luke. Watch out! He says, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. Yes, it's this greed for possession, but sometimes it's greed for fame. It's greed for attention. It's greed for gifts. It's greed for stuff. It's not just possessions. Watch out! Caution. Then he says, look, I'm going to read. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds. Remember when you heard that from? That your light so shine and your good deeds. He says, don't do your good deeds publicly. It's not like we can't do our deeds publicly. The next part, don't do it to be admired by other people. Attention. He said, listen, whether everybody show up or not, go all in and try to seek God's face. And if it's public, let your light shine, baby. Let it shine bright as it can be. But check your heart. And if you're good and you just happen to be getting some praise for it, here, God be praised. Come on, God be praised. 
Go to your secret place. Close the door. Humble yourself. Greed. Sometimes it's the craving. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people crave the money. It's a desire because we think if we have more money, we have more stuff, it'll make us feel better about who we are. And honestly, more stuff, more problems. And the desire leads then to us being drawn away to that thing, even though we're trying to walk heavy in authority by design. But because we're drawn away to the things that we think we need, it leads to death. And we know because the Holy Spirit will say, don't go there, don't do that, don't even look at it, don't, you don't need it. Come on, I'm going to drop it right here. All we need is what we got. And all we got, all we need is what we got, and all we got, the earth is the laws and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. All we need, God's got it. All of it. In the midst of chaos, he'll give us peace. We have lack, got a cattle on a thousand hills. Condemn. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater. Watch out. All of us. All right. All in. Here's what happens if we go all in. And I'm not going to be long. When we go all in, we get a new life based upon the grace and the mercy of God. When we go all in, we get a new look. Based upon the growth that we experience, we start to cast off some these garments and this stuff we've been carrying around, and we take on the things of God. We get a, a new life, oh, a new level. God says uh, sometimes the only thing um, is that is the antidote to greed is generosity. And he takes our generosity to a new level. And so just for a little while, all in. New life, grace. And my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. How do I know? Because he gave me his very best. He taught me how to give. He sent his son Jesus while I was yet a sinner and gave. He, he gifted the very best. He sent, a, he sent himself in the form of a man. In the lowest state. So he's saying, listen, don't do what I say, do what I do. I'm giving you my best. And so he gives us a new life. No longer are we subject to the law. The veil has been split. We have access now to the throne for ourselves. The grace and the mercy that comes with the blood of Jesus. So a new life. So if he got a new life for me, what am I worried about? Seek ye first the kingdom and all you have need. He takes care of the flowers, the birds. And he does it so beautifully. We're the ones not satisfied. The insatiable desire of greed does not provide the sufficiency to take care of our flesh. Because our flesh will never be satisfied. And he is more than able. New life, new grace. Watch. Yet true godliness with contentment is great wealth. I'm just going to say it again and just let the word speak. True godliness, a contrite heart. You're trying. 
You're working on it. It's, it's starting to come. You're taking baby steps. And the godliness that you're trying, and you're saying, God, I, I'm not, I don't have the car I want. I don't have the house I want. I don't have the job I want. But, God, I'm taking these godly steps. And because I'm taking these, I'm content, God, as long as you are with me, as long as you are Emmanuel, you are here with me, I'm going to take these godly steps. Because if I take these godly steps and I'm content with you, I got great wealth. After all, we brought nothing. <laughs> we brought nothing in this world, and I guarantee you, I haven't seen anybody take anything with them. New life, new grace. <clears throat> so, new look. It takes some time to grow, especially when we're talking about a giving campaign. Because here, let me just talk about this idea of giving. Listen, when you go all in, and, and you, listen, here's how it works. Pray. Say, God, what do you want me to do with this request? And then listen, seek him. Be challenged by it. Let him stretch you because he's God. And if he says do it, he's got more than enough to replace it. He can do it by himself, but he's choosing us to bless each other. Why? Because there's people out there, they don't just want a lighthouse. They want the light. And some of them are hungry. Some of them can't get here. They don't have a ride. Some of them, when they get here, it feels cramped. They need to be able to have a different kind of experience. And so why don't we do whatever we need to do? Because there's growth. He says, a new look. Throw off your old way of thinking, those old attitudes. Throw off those old garments. You know the ones that say, well, the church always asking for money. Throw off that old stuff. Ask God, God, what do you want me to do? And whatever that is, follow him. Don't follow me. Pastor John, follow God. But he gives you a new look. Why? He's giving you a new life with grace. Now he gives you a new look, but you got to walk in it. you got to grow. Take some stuff off. Open your mind to what God wants. Open your heart to what he wants. And then put on the new woman and the new man, the light that he comes to give, the understanding he comes in, and square your shoulders and walk in authority with the new look that God has given you. Don't you know you're looking good right about now? You, uh, you're the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are a vessel of honor. You've been called out of darkness and into the marvelous light. Don't you know you look good? Prayer is a spiritual discipline. Prayer is what we're going to... You don't have to have a script and know exactly what to say. But you don't have to babble as if by saying something eloquent is going to get your prayer through. All you got to do sometimes is moan and groan. And the Holy Spirit will intercede unto God for your, in, your inaudible words. All you got to do is make yourself available and go all in. That when you show up for your appointment with God, when you show up for your devotion, when you show up on your knees, do some work. Block out all the stuff that becomes a distraction and go all in. It's a spiritual discipline. Fasting, if you're going to fast, no one needs to know. Wash your face. Keep it to yourself. Honor God with your, with your hunger, with your thing. 
Replace that thing with the word of God, with prayer. It's a spiritual discipline. And since I'm here, tithing is a spiritual discipline. You do not have to tithe to go to heaven. But as a child of God, and you know that's what he requ- he's requiring of us. He said, give me 10. No, 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 no. Just give me what you pray about and I speak to you. Because it might be just a little bit, not 10, for now. But it is a spiritual discipline. That's what it is. So Natasha and I, when we got here in 2000, we went to Corinthian Baptist. And we lived, where am I? Four houses down on 26th Street, 1910 Forest Square. The windows barely closed. It was breeze blowing. You could see the curtains blowing. And one winter, our electric bill was just south of $800 for a couple months. And we was already on a budget. Somebody come on. It's tight. It's tight. It was tight. It was tight. And it was right because we was budgeting and we was tithing. Then we went to church and they spoke of a family that was in need. And the family that was in need, they was collecting an opportunity to bless this family. Natasha and I looked at each other like, oh, my Lord. And after prayer, like, we gave out of what God said. And after church, the family that they were collecting for was us. The week before, I had gone to um, lunch with the pastor. And just, I didn't try to tell him. He asked me and just was talking. And they collected and gave us a, a, a brown paper bag because they wanted to respect. And they, they blessed us. And um, we were tithing before, but that moment opened me up to a whole different, because, because I had Ellie. And... It was just, it was very impactful in Natasha, and it opened me up. So those of you who know me, man, if you're hungry, like, like if you're hungry, and even the guys, they, I, I got you. Don't even sweat it. It's going to happen. I'm, God already opened me up, right? So what I'm saying to you, we was on a 10%, 90%. Do whatever you're going to do, but honor God with it. But it's a spiritual discipline. And it's not taken from here and given to there. If you're on a spiritual discipline of giving, pray, God, do you want, what do you want above and beyond? Because I'm a part of this and I'm all in. God, what do you want me to do? And follow him. That is faith-based, Bible-based giving. Can somebody say amen? So you get a new look. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves the person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Watch the overflow. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with other people. I probably won't get to time, talent, treasure. I probably won't get it, but the new look. Stop lying. <laughs> we got to go. Uh, this is verses 25 to 27. Check it out. Check it out. Okay, we, we got some more ways to go. Time, talent, treasure. The only thing I'm going to say about the Good Samaritan, it's all here. There were some greedy people that beat up a Jewish guy coming from Jerusalem, and they left him for dead. And a priest walked by, saw him, and walked on the other side of the street. 
And then a Levite, kind of an assistant to the priest, saw him and walked on the other side of the street. Probably a, a countryman. Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. A Samaritan came along, and he took some time. Time, talent, treasure. Maybe you don't have a lot to give. And he went, and he spent some time with this man. Now watch the talent. The Bible says he bandaged him up with some oil and some wine. Now watch the treasure. He put him on his, his animal, took him to the inn, and told the innkeeper, here's two silver coins, and if you need anything else, I got it. All I'm saying is, maybe you have time and not treasure. Maybe you have talent and not time. Maybe God has blessed you with time, talent, and treasure. Jesus was sitting, I'm sorry, we're here now. Jesus was sitting by the treasury in Mark 12. And by the treasury, he was observing people giving into the treasury. And some rich people came. It was cool. And they just gave out of their abundance. Then he watched this woman come. She had two copper coins, the Bible said, that equated to a penny. And she gave it all. I'm saying all in. Now, hear me what I'm saying. Don't, if God ain't telling you to give your last, please don't try to go and give your last and then you follow him. But if he tells you, whether you have a little or a lot, follow him. Amen? All right, let's go home. New level. The only thing that is the antidote to greed is generosity. If your gifts is to encourage other people, be encouraging. If your gift is giving because you can give, give generously. If you're a leader, lead and be serious about the position that you're leading. Amen? All right, new level. I'm going to go to the last one because we're almost here. Since I've been a while. In Hebrews 9, it starts to talk about a high priest and how important a high priest was for purification of sins. That, man, they needed animal blood just about on everything to purify the altar and all the stuff. And so they would have to do that. Jesus came along. And he is the perfect lamb of God. Jesus came along and he is the one that purifies everything. So what I'm saying is, how much better is Jesus and his blood than animals and bulls and goats and a high priest who had to be right, that Jesus came himself as the high priest to purify us, to take us to another level in who we are. How much more are we willing to give him what we can and go all in? Will you stand with me? The day that Jesus knew that he would be betrayed, the night, he had just washed his disciples' feet. And then he, the Bible says that after he dried their feet, he said he took a piece of bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. After he had blessed the bread, he broke it and said, this is my body, broken for you. Then he took a cup. And he blessed it and he gave it to them. He said, take drink. This is my blood being poured out for the remission of sin. And after he had blessed the bread and he had blessed the cup, then they said a prayer. Can you 
join me in saying the Lord's Prayer um, the way Jesus taught us? Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Will the communion assistants please come? Amen. And while they're on their way, um, please know that we're now breaking bread. And so as the communion assistants would break the bread, they're going to say, this is the body broken for you. They're going to give you a cup. You can partake of the juice. Uh, there's a little plastic bins on the side. You can put your cups there after you take, partake of it and then leave it there. Um, also, if you desire to have just the communion kit because you're not ready to do the broken bread, they're here as well. You can just let them know and you can have that. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's it. We have, we're full with ushers, so we're good. Um, I think the, the table is set. Please know this, all is welcome. Bob said, let a man or woman examine themselves. Offer up whatever sin, whatever thing. Give it unto him and then come. All are welcome. The table is set. Will you come? Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.